happy Halloween. It is a spooktacular edition of the CIC cast. Yes, I did that. And really, it's probably just going to be a regular edition of the CIC cast. But we are happy that you've decided to spend a little time with us talking some high school sports. We've got two guests coming up this week. I know I did not manage to quite stick to my every other week uh, posting schedule that I had tried to uh, maintain throughout the spring, the fall here, but there was sort of a good reason. I tried to get uh, some guests scheduled last week and couldn't manage to get any of them lined up. So that was my excuse anyway, but uh, we are back this week and we'll try to get back maybe next week as well as we kind of dive into uh, to fall championships, believe it or not. The cross-country state open will be taking place tomorrow. We have the first uh, champions of the fall crowned this past weekend at the CIAC uh, Divisional Cross-Country Championships. Twelve champions crowned there in the uh, the the wonderful conditions at Wickham Park. Some very fast times, including a new uh, girls' course record uh, in the championships there. So looking forward to uh, if the rain uh, and weather can uh, can clear out here, we may have a decent day tomorrow on Friday to uh, to crown our state open champions in in cross country. So looking forward to that and have. The rest of the fall tournaments will be coming up uh, before you know it. So be sure to check in with the uh, CIAC cast, and uh, we hope you will subscribe to the CIAC cast. You can find us on iTunes. We're on Google Play, on Stitcher. Uh, if you do listen on iTunes, please please rate and leave us a review. That would be lovely. Uh, helps us out there as well. So subscribe so you never miss an episode, depending on what sort of... Uh, posting schedule I have. And uh, this week's edition, uh, we have a pair of guests, as I said. We're going to talk to Bryant Carpenter of the Meriden Record Journal. We've had Bryant on a handful of times, and uh, he wrote a wonderful piece uh, about the passing of uh, former Southington uh, baseball coach and and legendary figure in Connecticut high school sports, John Fontana. So we're going to talk to Bryant a little bit about that and then just see what else else has caught his attention there in the world of, uh, of Meriden high school sports. Then we're going to talk to Vijay Cirillo, who is the athletic director at Jonathan Law High School in Milford. Going to chat with him uh, about some of the promotional and sort of informational things that they're doing. Thought he's had some uh, an interesting approach to sort of the, the AD position and the sharing of information as an athletic director there at, uh, at Jonathan Law. So we wanted to get into that with him and some of the benefits and things that he's found from that little endeavor there that, uh, that he's undergone. So those are our guests for this week. As I said, we'll uh, maybe try to be back with you next week with a recap of the, the State Open Championships in cross country, maybe uh, a look ahead as some of the pairings will be coming out. They will be coming out, as I said, before you know it, next uh, Friday, I believe it is, is pairing day. So you're going to want to uh, keep tabs on everything that's happening by uh, subscribing to the CIAC cast. Of course, you can also find everything you need at CIACsports.com. And uh, this time of year, you are going to want to bookmark tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com. There's a link right there on CIACsports.com to the Tournament Central page, but that is where you will find your pairings, your schedules, your results, your rosters. Uh, tournament rosters will all be there. Um, information about the, the championships, the tournaments, that is going to be the spot uh, at tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com. Of course, please uh, check out our various social media platforms on Instagram and Twitter. We are at CIAC uh, on facebook.com slash CIAC. And, uh, and as I've said, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com, and then search for CAS-CIAC. Uh, that's the, the way to find us there on YouTube as well. So lots of good ways to keep up to date with what's happening in the world of Connecticut High School Sports from the CIAC perspective. Hope you'll enjoy our conversations uh, that we have coming up today with our um, with our guests as we go into another uh, another edition of the CIAC cast. Quickly, always like to run down things you might have missed on CIACsports.com. We brought back uh, 
One of our favorite features, of course, as I mentioned, the cross country championships crowned uh, cross country champions crowned this past weekend, uh, and so that means the return of linked up fall championships uh, or the championship season. So that will have champion stories from uh, from local media outlets on every championship as we uh, move our way through the CIAC uh, fall tournaments. Uh, had a little feature there uh, where you can get to know a an NF. A, Excuse me, a committee member, uh, a rules committee member. CIAC and Connecticut are fortunate to have uh, many representatives on NFHS rules committees. So we've got a little thing there where you get to know uh, Bill Tatelman, who's a, uh, a great baseball umpire and, and who serves uh, as a rules interpreter on the rules committee for us there. Uh, posted last week, but uh, sites selected for the CIAC soccer championships. We will have, uh, and that's information again you can find at Tournament Central, but. Uh, Eight championship games in soccer, as always, and we have just two sites. There's going to be four games at uh, the revamped Dillon Stadium in Hartford and four games at uh, Veterans Field at Willowbrook Park at uh, in New Britain. So looking forward to that. A busy, uh, busy Saturday of, of soccer championships. For those of you uh, affiliated with schools, be sure to register for the CIC Sportsmanship Conference. That is coming up fast, November 21st, uh, as we uh, the turn the calendar here tomorrow to uh, to November. Be sure to register for that. And we also brought back an edition of, of Linked Up uh, in the past uh, week or so, so you can check that out as well. And uh, also announced uh, that sites were chosen for the CIC football finals, and that's going to be a pair of games at Willowbrook Park uh, in New Britain and a pair of games at Trumbull High School. So that's uh, where we'll be hosting the CIAC football championships this year. Again, you can find all that information at CIACsports.com. With all that said, let's get into it with our guests. We're going to reach out to uh, and chat with Bryant Carpenter first and then got on, on the phone with Vijay Cirillo. Hope you enjoy these conversations. Joined on the phone now by Bryant Carpenter of the Meriden Record Journal. Does such a wonderful job uh, covering uh, local sports and high school sports for uh, for that organization. And uh, wanted to reach out to him to uh, to check in on some things that he's been covering lately. So, Bryant, thanks as always for joining us. Joel, thank you very much for having me. Always good to talk with you, kid. Always good to talk with you. So uh, we wanted to reach out specifically. Sometimes I do this. I'll, I'll see a story or, or a piece that particularly catches my eye and, and makes me want to get in touch with the, the person who wrote it and, and kind of break it down uh, in, in some deeper detail. So uh, for Bryant, uh, that was a wonderful uh, sort of um, memoriam, if you will, uh, for the legendary Southington baseball coach and, and director of the uh, Connecticut High School Coaches Association, John Fontana, who passed away um, earlier uh, last week, or excuse me, earlier this week. And uh, and so, Brian, I guess we'll just start off. Um, so first of all, I should say, actually, if you haven't read the piece, please uh, stop listening to us and go read it, because it's probably going to be much better reading it than uh, than hearing me ask Brian questions about it. But uh, <laughs> but let's just sort of start off with, uh, and, and we kind of talked about it in the in the preamble here, but obviously this is someone you knew and, and you know, for a long time and, and had uh, a relationship with and had covered, uh, but sort of when you sort of sit down to, to write a story like this or, or a piece like this that's going to be, you know, maybe a little more personal or, or just kind of have a little different tone or perspective, how do you how do you approach that? What's your sort of starting point and, and what makes you decide how you're going to kind of try to cover uh, a, a topic like this? Well, I'll tell you what, Joel, something like this happened, you know, in the passing of, of Coach Fontana, who, like most kids who grew up in Southington, I knew my whole life and, and got to know more as, as I got older and I worked with him on the Southington Sports Hall of Fame and, and yeah, covering him too when he coached. Uh, but the thing like this, when, when it's something that's very, very personal, um, you know, one thing I've learned in my advanced years is, is not to rush things. And, uh, you know, I got news that John had died. You're in a tough spot because it's a, 
because of the personal contact that I knew. And, you know, the first process is, you know, stop, start to grieve. Then you realize you kind of, you got to do your job. And um, my, my guy, Shawnee Crawford, did a good job reporting John's passing and then reaching out the next day and talking to a lot of people, people coached with him, worked with him, played for him. Um, literally, Sean was getting phone calls coming in every day because right. people get in the line when it's, you know, to give testimony about John Fontana, literally, people get in a line. Sure. Know? And, uh, and Sean, he did great work. And what that enabled me to do was kind of just, um, you know, I knew I was going to write something about John. Again, I've known him my whole life. And I, I speak for a lot of people who grew up in Southern Tennessee. We really can't wrap our heads around it, and it, we're going to continue to grieve for John because we're going to show up at different things, uh, sometimes at the afternoon. Yeah. Um, you know, Southington Hall of Fame committee meeting. John's not going to be there, and it's yeah. going to be, you, know, you get punched in the face all over again by right. his past. Um, so it's very, very personal, and I knew I wanted to pay tribute to John. Um, I mean, he, here's, he's just a legendary figure. People loved him. People hated him. I knew John. I admired him. I loved being around him. I'm very close with one of his kids. Uh, he's my age. And I just knew with John, it's like, you know, where do you start? And yeah. I knew what I had to do with this is just let everything kind of flow through me, you know. Um, it's personal. I'm going to go to the wake. I'm going to go to the funeral. I'm mm-hmm. going to see people. So when it came to writing something, the first step was not to rush. Yeah. You know, you, you, know, you want to jump into it and tell the world. This was John Fontana. And I just had to let everything kind of just percolate through me. That's the word, percolate. I know I drink a lot of coffee. <laughs> but when it comes to stories like that, it's really what it is. You kind of have to let it just flow through you. And what happens is all these little thoughts and phrases and memories that come through your mind, uh, you know, they come out on their own time. Somebody says something. John's daughter, Chrissy, gave a great eulogy. You, know, you guys were there. You heard what she said. And I came home, just sat down. Something like that, you know, and if you give it time, it writes itself. So it did. It wrote itself. It kind of just flowed through me. It sounds kind of weird, and I don't mean to sound weird, but that's kind of how yeah. it works in those situations. You know, the truth finds a way out. It's like water, you know? And um, so with John, it was just a matter of let everything just flow through, and it'll be there. So I, I hope I did John justice. Um, hey, great man, flawed man, beautiful man. I'm nice to for many. I think for thousands of people, everybody knew John and was proud to have been one of those people. And uh, we're all going to do and miss him. I just, what I did, just hope I did him justice. Uh, certainly, uh, what he did in his lifetime, he deserved that. Yeah, no, uh, well, you absolutely did. So uh, there's uh, no, uh, no, no hope uh, involved, at least from, from my perspective. Uh, you know, what would Thank you, you for, for folks who, who maybe haven't uh, read the story yet, and as I say, I really hope uh, everybody goes and checks it out uh, at the American Record Journal, uh, Brian's uh, wonderful piece. Um, you know, what would you sort of, and I know this is, is hard, but, you know, what made him such sort of a, a, a huge figure, uh, both certainly within Southington, but also, uh, you know, kind of on the, the, the broad scope of Connecticut high school a- athletics, you know, that, that, uh, that made him such a sort of broad and, and big figure in, in, in those world, in this, this world? You know, <laughs> Yeah, it is hard to answer that. It is. I'd say it starts with longevity. You know, just being on the block year after year after year. You know, that's where it starts. You, I, I, you get a lot of coaches who come through. They'll be in the program five years. Maybe they go up the ladder. Maybe they go up to college. I, I think anywhere. It's the guys who 
stay, either it's where they came or where they transplanted themselves to, and they just stay. Mm-hmm. And they're like a tree, man, year after year after year. You know, the, the, they add a ring. And I don't mean the championship ring. I just mean a year of experience of, of serving people, coaching kids. So, you know, Don Chase, too, is a guidance counselor. Um, the funny thing with Fontana was that here's Fontana, baseball guy. Um, he just worries about his baseball players, and that certainly wasn't true. He was a good guidance counselor. I know. I have friends who were his counselors, and mm-hmm. he did uh, uh, quite a bit for them, either to help open doors, help get them financial aid. Um, that was the thing with John. You know, he was there. He was around year after year after year. And he wasn't afraid to go to bat for people, too. That was the thing with John, you know. People say, ah, you know, Fontana, he's a little tyrant. He, things have to go his way. Yeah, but you know what? He was looking at things from a broad perspective. And if he pushed hard, it's because he felt this is the right thing to do. He yeah. went to bat for kids, and whether they played for him or not. Yeah. Um, I grew up in Southern you know, I saw it firsthand, and I continued to see it as I, as I got older and, and was uh, a sports editor. Um, yeah, John would push hard. You know, the turf field in Southern he wanted that. He pushed, he pushed, he pushed. Um, and it's funny, you know, at, it's, I'm kind of glad I mentioned the turf field in Southington because, you know, for a school that big and a town that's that rooted in athletics, they really weren't at the at vanguard of a turf field. And you think they would be, but they weren't. You know, in our readership, she in high school had turf almost 10 whole years before Southington did. Yeah. And uh, John was a big advocate for it. Um, but the funny thing is he was such a polarizing figure a lot of times his presence pushing something would help defeat it. And that's mm-hmm. what happened with first and southern things. John was a big advocate, and the first push failed. So John, you know, he had a big ego. Well, let me tell you something. When it came to this turf field, John recognized the lay of the land. He said, you know what? I need to get other people involved, make somebody else the, kind of the face of this project, which he did. A gentleman I know, um, great guy, guy uh, Mike Cefeo. They kind of resurrected the project, and and they got it through. And he wrote the Fontana Field now, named after his uncle, and there's the turf field. Yeah. So, um, so John was smart. You know, wasn't does it always have to be John's way? Eh, people have that perception, but John knew how to get people on board with him. I know. I thought it doesn't seem sports hall of fame. You know, that's something he wanted. He couldn't just snap his fingers and make it happen. Um, but people were glad to do for him because he did for others. And he did it for year after year after year. Coached for 41 years, you know, a guidance counselor, uh, virtually for just as long. Um, so it, to answer your question, I'd say that's what it is. He yeah. was legit. He meant that it came from the heart. Yes. <laughs> He's a man of passion. He yep. felt it. Yep. And he was there year nope. after year after year. No question about it. If you any time you didn't uh, you didn't have to have a lot of conversations with John to know uh, uh, that that passion, as you said, was uh, was real and it was there uh, all the way through uh, through this weekend. Uh, I think there's no question about that. It's interesting to me. You mentioned um, you know one of the things I one of the things I like trying to do with this podcast, at least a little bit, uh, as limited maybe as my my listenership is, but is you know sort of. Uh, is let people know, you know, that there's a lot of folks, uh, whether it's uh, the people here at the CIAC or, or people with, you know, the Connecticut Association of Athletic Directors or with the Coaches Association, you know, who are sort of working um, maybe behind the scenes in the world of high school sports that, that, you know, the average athlete certainly probably doesn't know about and probably the average parent and fan uh, doesn't know about either. Um, and it's interesting to me that you mentioned sort of the tree because you could sort of think in terms of his work with the Coaches Association and all the branches that came off that, all the, the coaches that he mentored and, and, and worked with. I'm curious if you sort of have perspective on, you know, that, 
that sort of broad, uh, you know, impact he had even beyond just with all the work he did in, in leading coaches who have then gone on to lead, you know, their own teams and their own programs for, for so many years. Uh, is that something that sort of stood out to you as well? Yeah, you, you couldn't help but uh, be reminded of that at his, at his wake and at his funeral. You, know, you bump into coaches you know. I saw Dave Yannisey, the Southern soccer coach, at the wake Sunday we walked in. And, and it's funny. It's, Dave, like so many other coaches that I spoke to over the past couple of days, it's like, oh, you know, John basically, you know, he got me in. He, he started me as a freshman coach uh, in a particular sport. Um, and I kept hearing that over and over again. Um, yeah, John was good at mentoring that. He's a young and upcoming guy. Guys who and girls who could coaching uh, high school athletes. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems to have a good nose for those people. And he got them coaching, not just in Southern, but, but everywhere. As you yeah. know, with the Connecticut High School Coaches Association, John, John was that organization. He really was. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be a major transition for those folks. There is no question. Um, yeah, that's, um, that was a theme I heard quite a bit over the past couple of days. You know, coaches who are now have who've established reputation uh, for themselves, paying tribute to John, basically saying, yeah, this is the guy who got me started. Yeah. No, he sort of, I was thinking about it, and, and you know, obviously it's not a direct, but I, I think you'd have a hard time, uh, you know, finding anybody in the world of Connecticut high school sports who sort of, when you think of the direct and indirect impact, you know, that he had with, with all the people that he worked with, if there's anybody who sort of, uh, you know, had more impact on high school sports uh, or a sort of a large number of people in high school sports as, as, as John has. Yeah, no doubt. You know, some, some were very happy to have that influence. Some chafed at it, you know. Um, but John was one of those guys who, who, who pushed people, yeah. you know. And she got pushed by John Fontana. That was a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> no question about it. Uh, well, we'll move. Uh, I'll say again. I really hope uh, folks uh, seek out uh, Bryant's uh, wonderful piece. Uh, the, uh, the 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 let me tell you uh, framing was also was brilliant. Uh, as, as someone who has yeah. talked to John and, and heard him uh, <laughs> kick off many a conversation or, or story with that uh, with that little phrase. But uh, we'll we'll bounce all around maybe to just another topic or two here. Uh, um, Bryant and, and his staff do a wonderful job covering uh, the various high school sports teams uh, in and around the the Meriden Record Journal. Uh, coverage area. So just curious, uh, as we sort of wrap up uh, the fall regular season, or although we're starting to wrap up, football obviously still a couple more weeks to go, but the, the rest of the fall sports sort of uh, wrapping up here. Just curious if there's any other stories, any other teams, players, uh, anything that's kind of caught your eye this fall that maybe uh, listeners aren't aware of and, and maybe are about to become aware of as, uh, as state tournaments and, and some of these seasons start to wind down. Yeah. I'm going to probably bypass football because football gets a lot of air time. Sure. We do a video every Saturday morning. Um, other than to say we're really excited about our football. Last week was a little rough for some of our teams. American school suffered some losses. But overall, you know, we have Southern and Cheshire 5-1, and one, and Thanksgiving starting to look really, really nice. <laughs> yeah, get, you, get, your, uh, get your seats ready for that one now. Yeah, really. And it's good to see that, you know, Mike Drury and Donnie Druss with Southern and uh, Cheshire respectively do good work. You know, all, all our coaches do. Um, you know, Maloney's 5-1. and one. Left 3-3, three and three, they got to win out. Uh, you know, she and 5-0, oh, they'll be down at Hill House tomorrow night. Uh, Johnny Ferrazzi is one of my favorite coaches. I remember when he came aboard back as a young man. Um, he's got a 5-0 season and some of the best players in the state on that team. Mm-hmm. And then, to be honest with you, you know, Lyman Hall is always a favorite story of ours. Here's a program, you know, just four or five years ago was just, had just bottomed out. You know, I don't need to revisit it other than just to say it. It's bottomed out as much as it's a bottom. Yeah. Um, 
you know, Bill Wyrack comes back to coach. You know, he had been an assistant in that program. He stepped down when his boys, uh, Brian and Billy, played at Fisher High School. Uh, they go through the program. He comes back, becomes head coach, and, uh, you know, immediately made them legitimate again. Yeah. And, uh, you know, now they're four and two, and, and they're in the classroom playoff picture, and it's a beautiful thing. You know, they've got some great playmakers down there. They're fun to watch, and it's, it's nice to see one of our programs that have been around forever, you know, um, that have become irrelevant, become very, very relevant again. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's football. It's a very good season. Um, the sad thing is we're going to get to Thanksgiving, and, um, you know, one rival is going to probably do great damage to another rival when it comes <laughs> to the playoffs. Sure. But the fact that the teams are playing for high stakes at the end of the line is a beautiful thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, hey, as you mentioned, we got another month. For, for football before a playoff season rolled around. Mm-hmm. We got good stuff there. But looking forward to the other uh, postseason tournaments, you know, it's just going kind of down the list because I knew you'd ask me. And um, I got to say, you know, with soccer, we have some really good girls soccer teams out there. Um, very good, in fact. You yeah. know, we got 12 2 and 2, you know, best record in the SEC. Um, Southington is 13 0 and 1. They lost one of their best players to an injury. We're sad to see. Young lady Shannon Litchfield, big part of that program. Um, suffered a season injury, season ending injury. But that team's 13 0 and 1, and Southington Cheshire, these are teams that are going to, you know, be factors in the Class Double L uh, tournament. No doubt. Even in Class L, I got to say, you know, Sheehan, 10 wins. They've got a girl, Olivia Dubas, uh, who is going to go down as one of the all time leading scorers in that program. Terrific athlete. Rob Uelsman does a good job with that program. And, and even, you know, a, a team like uh, Maloney. Their coach, Ian McClure, has taken a program that's kind of very moribund for a while, and it's a viable program. Mm-hmm. They're only around 500. They play a good schedule, and it's good to see them performing well as, as well. Um, you know, beyond that, you never know what the postseason is going to bring, Joel. Sure. A year ago at this time, you asked me about some of our non-football sports, and I mentioned volleyball. We had Southern who were undefeated. Our teams have come down a notch relative to that, but you know what? They're still very good programs. Chester, Dudding, Platt, they've won 12 matches. You know, Maloney's in. Mm-hmm. Ian got in. You never know what these teams are going to do in the postseason. Um, so that's why when our approach to coverage is always not just football, it's all these other sports as well. Yeah. And um, so state opens tomorrow. Uh, you know, we've got kids. Are they going to win state open championships? No, probably not. But, you know, we've got guys like, Brenda Mellett is Texas. Little Jackie Izzo from Southington. They're some of the best runners in the state. And, uh, in fact, we just picked our all-record journal cross-country team. And it was nice to be able to raise the bar really high and say, okay, who gets over this bar? Or, in this case, since we're on the clock, who gets under the bar? <laughs> and yeah. we're going to have 10, 11 kids who, who could be, you know, if you put them together on a team, it's like there's, there's a good cast of characters to go out and put up good times over a 3.1-mile course. Um, so it's been a good fall for us, all in all. Yeah, excellent. Well, folks uh, can look forward to that uh, that all-record journal cross-country team. And you mentioned, uh, um, you know, you never quite know what's going to happen uh, in the postseason. I think uh, I, I'm thinking back to last year, and I'm not sure anyone had tabbed uh, Maloney as, as maybe a, th- a huge threat in the boys' soccer tournament, and then they make their way all the way to the Class L uh, final from your uh, your part of the, the state. So 
Yeah. Those tournament so things that. can, you know, the team can can find a find a rhythm at the right time and uh, and suddenly find themselves playing for a state championship. So that's uh, that's part of the fun uh, fun as well. So Bryant, we always uh, love gotten, getting on the phone with you. As I said, I really encourage. There was there was a lot of great tributes, uh, understandably, to uh, to John Fontana when he passed away uh, uh, earlier this week. But um, you know, or excuse me, earlier uh, I have lost track of time. Uh, last week, excuse me. But uh, uh, I certainly uh, recommend folks check out Brian's great work uh, on that story and uh, and the great work that the Record Journal does uh, covering uh, covering uh, high school sports in this part of the state. They uh, they don't uh, overreach. They stick with their uh, their schools here in this uh, this uh, part of the state, right around the right down the street, really from the CIC offices. But they do a, a wonderful job. So Brian, we always enjoy talking to you and uh, enjoy uh, the rest of the fall. And we'll, I'm sure we'll catch up with you again uh, sometime down the road. Beautiful, Joel. Appreciate you having me, man. Thanks so much to uh, Brian Carpenter again. I really can't uh, can't recommend enough uh, the the wonderful piece he wrote uh, about John Fontana. Uh, really, just a tremendous, uh, very personal, as as Bryant kind of alluded to, uh, telling of, of his relationship and, and sort of the impact uh, that a figure like John has had on 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 so many people. So really, uh, hope you'll check it out and hope you enjoyed that uh, that conversation. Really, always like talking to Bryant. Uh, he's very committed to the world of uh, of high school sports and, and covering high school sports in, in a big time way. So thank you to him. Let's now reach out. We're going to change directions a little bit. As I said, always like to, to get in touch with folks from schools that I think are doing some interesting things and some different things that maybe we can highlight and, and maybe we'll spark a little idea or, um, you know, give give other schools a chance to maybe say, this is something we could bring to our school. And in this case, wanted to highlight something that I've noticed uh, is going on at Jonathan Law High School and their athletic director, Vijay Cirillo. Happy to be sitting across from Vijay Cerullo, the athletic director at Jonathan Law High School, and wanted to uh, to chat with him about some of the uh, the interesting initiatives that he's kind of undertaken and and started up this year at Jonathan Law. So, Vijay, thanks for uh, for chatting with me. Well, thanks for having me. So, I guess I'll start off with I, I noticed uh, one of the things I do here as our director of social media and all that stuff is keep a pretty good tabs on what a lot of the schools are doing uh, with their platforms, uh, social media platforms, and and hopefully keeping tabs on what they're doing at the school level as well. And it seemed like uh, Jonathan Law this year seemed to have a, a pretty concentrated effort in, in what I would call sort of information sharing. Uh, and it, it seemed like that was sort of a, a goal of yours maybe as the, as the school year started. So I guess sort of to start off maybe broadly, talk a little bit about that if, if I'm accurate in that assessment and what sort of spurred you to want to sort of uh, go that direction this year in some of, some of your programming. Sure. I think one of the biggest things that we tried to do as a school and myself as being the AD at Jonathan Law is to increase our level of communication with everybody. I think there's a lot of misconceptions out there about what is the CIAC? What is the SEC, which is our conference? Mm -hmm. What is the NFHS, which is the national organization? Right. And I think a lot of people just assume sometimes that schedules are done in a certain way or that I assign what officials show up to games. And, and you know, there's a laundry list of things sure. like that. And I think one of the things that uh, we tried to do as a school, and like I said, myself as an AD, is to get as much information out there to eliminate those misconceptions and to educate everybody, student-athletes, parents, you know, just fans that, that happen to follow us on Twitter, alumni, all that stuff, mm -hmm. um, as far as what these organizations are, um, what they do, how our schedules are made, and all that stuff. And we just try to increase the level of communication to get that information out there. So talk a little bit. What are some of the some of the approaches you've, you've done, some of the things you've tried this year? As I said, I know I've seen it a lot on social media. I know you did some things uh, with some of your booster club you know, meetings as well when you're kind of having face-to-face -face meetings with parents and, and things like that. What were some of the approaches and, and some of the things you've tried to kind of share that information? Sure. So one of the things uh, during the course of last year and then over the course of the summer is talking to parents, talking to student-athletes, talking to some of our coaches about 
what kind of information is out there? What do we need to clear up? Um, you know, about all the various topics, schedules, classes, what, you know, how the playoffs are done and all that stuff. Um, so we use Twitter as, and I use that as my main vehicle for getting the information out there. You know, we're up to about 1600 followers now. Um, and that's a whole bunch of different people, student athletes, teachers, mm -hmm. you know, parents, uh, et cetera. And then, um, from there we get, you know, there's only so much you could put in a tweet, uh, but then try to promote our booster club meetings. And I, we try to, uh, treat our booster club meetings as almost like a PTA sure. for athletics. So I do a presentation at each booster club meeting um, regarding you know various topics. So this last booster club meeting in October, we we did one on how are why are we class S in some sports, class M in other sports, class L in other sports. Right. You know, and and uh, went through that process and how each sport has a committee and all that stuff. How our schedules are done within the SEC. Why is a football schedule different than a girls' soccer schedule? Why is a girls' soccer schedule different than a swim schedule? Sure. And uh, just kind of went through, you know, all that process. And, and I think through social media, trying to get the information as much as you can in 140 characters or whatever they allow, um, but then also promote the different events that we do and the different meetings and try to increase the attendance there and, and get that information out there. What is the what has the response been like? I'm curious. You know, have you has it been positive from from parents from athletes? Sort of feeling like at least you know maybe whether or not you know we always say here, and I'm sure you get some of this too. People may not always like the information you're sharing. They may still think that it's uh, you're not doing it the right way or whatever that may be. But at least you've uh, you've kind of given them the information, uh, hopefully, in, in sort of a way that's understood. Is, is what has the response been? Yeah. So one of the things I always say is you're always going to get the most honest response that I could possibly give. You might not like, like you said, you might not like what I'm saying, but you're going to get the most accurate and honest response you're going to get from me. But I think people in general are very happy when you open the lines of communication and you mm -hmm. give as much information as you can out there. So uh, when we were going through, as an example, the last Booster Club meeting, we were going through the schedules and how the SEC does schedules in various sports. And each sport is a little bit uh, is, is unique sure. uh, compared to others because there might be more volleyball teams than girls soccer teams, so you have to do that schedule a little bit differently. Yeah. Um, you know, football has different divisions and all that stuff. So um, some of the parents may be sitting there going, wow, I really don't agree with the way that you guys <laughs> do this or uh, whatever, but they're appreciative of the fact that, wow, there is a process. You know, I think sometimes when you don't get that information out there or you're not effective uh, communicating that information yeah. that people just kind of assume that you're throwing darts at a board and that's how you come up with a schedule. But to see that, they, to communicate that there is a process, they may not like the process. They might not like the end result of what the schedule may be or whatever the situation is, but they're appreciative of the fact that there is that process and there's a lot of time and effort and people trying to do the right thing for kids. Yeah, no, I think, uh, you know, we sort of find it, I'm sure you see this as well, that, you know, as the people who who live with this stuff day to day, you know, it, it's we sort of take for granted that, you know, people understand all this stuff and and have a great understanding of, you know, what our eligibility rules are or, you know, whatever what you're talking about with the way schedules are built. But the, these people, you know, the fans, the, the kids, they sort of live a very small uh, component of it, you know, so it's it's not their their day to day, their everyday life, the way it is for an athletic director or for a CIAC Absolutely. Person. Like you were saying, like, I think we take for granted that, listen, I know that the girls swim committee is going to get together and determine who's in what class and how those tournaments are going to run and the meet championship meets are going to run. Um, but if you don't get that information out there, you know, the person that is, you know, sitting in their living room that is just a high school sports fan or a parent may not know that. So mm -hmm. getting that out there and seeing how much work actually goes into putting on all these events and 
determining the way things are structured, I think, is is good. Yeah, sir, and you've certainly uh, had a, a good perspective on it as well as uh, one of our recurring hosts for our girls lacrosse <laughs> championships, which we certainly appreciate uh, a great uh, venue there at Jonathan Law every spring, one we look forward to. Oh, and we love hosting it. <laughs> uh, any kind of, I'm curious, any topics that, that you're looking to cover this, uh, you know, further on into the year? Anything you've planned uh, to, to sort of bring forward that, that you haven't covered yet that, that you're planning to, either with your, your booster clubs or, or sort of on social media and trying to explain as we go along through the year it's funny that you say that at the last booster club meeting i said you know i have some of these ideas but i'm i don't know if i have 12 months worth of ideas you know what i mean so it would be great to so i try to open up the line of communication that if parents have something that they would like to see me present on Mm -hmm. um as an example last spring we had gotten really bad weather like a string of like two weeks where we just it rained almost every day sure and we were not uh, in the position to make up all of our sub varsity sports because we were getting toward the end of the year and we had to get the varsity games in because there's a deadline for conference playoffs and state playoffs and all that stuff. And there's a deadline where you have to get those games in. Right. So I kind of went through a day to day operation of, Hey, when it rain, when it rains, um, here's the process that we go through. And here's why sometimes some of those sub varsities don't get made. We all want to play you are a full schedule in baseball. Twenty sub varsity games would be great, um, but you have town fields, you have bus issues, you have other schools at the end of the season that may have budget issues with with buses and stuff like that. So I went through that. So and that was a suggestion by a parent. Hey, can you go through why? You know, we're we're a little confused as to why we're not making all these sure. sub varsity games up. So I open that line of communication uh, up. People will email me, hey, this would be great. So at the next Booster Club meeting, I think one of the things we'll talk about is what does it take to be a high school coach? Mm-hmm. State certification, sure. first aid CPR, concussion management, annual concussion review, and and a litany of other things that, yeah. they, that uh, I think maybe the public may not be aware of. But I think it's important to get out there that it's not just as easy as, hey, you know, a coach changed jobs and we have two weeks to go to fill it. We should just hire... Joe Smith, because Joe Smith's a good lacrosse coach or whatever the situation is, that there's a a lot of criteria that goes involved. And like I said, I think, you know, the more that we can get that information out there, but also there may be a topic out there that I don't know. If I don't ask my parents at the school, hey, what what would you like to know more about? Um, I may think that there's no issue and there may be an issue out there. Mm -hmm. And um, again, that's the education piece and the communication piece that only make our athletic department stronger. Yeah, no, I think that uh, that education and communication seems to be the the hallmark. It's even interesting you mentioned that. You know, I had something come up, uh, and I'm sure you dealt with this or have dealt with, uh, you know, when you talk about rescheduling and, and with the triple E concerns this year, you know, you're suddenly talking about, you know, you have officials assigners saying, okay, maybe you all want to reschedule for that day, but I don't have anyone who can work that game for you. That's just another thing that I'm sure people, and literally had never occurred to me that you might run into that when you're you know, trying to reschedule or, or move schedules around. That There's so many different uh, balls in the air for just about everybody involved. No doubt about it. And time, time of day is big with that. Like you were saying with Triple E, you know, moving night games to afternoon games is great, but then how many you know, officiating is not their full-time job. So how many people are now having to leave their uh, jobs early and you can't accommodate? Maybe there were five four o'clock football games and now there's 25 four o'clock football games. There might not be the officials and the staff to to cover all of that. So uh, all of that is interesting. Yeah, no question about it. Well, I uh, appreciate you taking a few minutes to to chat with you. As I said, I try to keep tabs on some of the different things that schools are doing and definitely struck me this year to see the the increased communication from uh, from you and your staff. And and I think it'll uh, pay big dividends for you. And hopefully it's something that uh, that other schools may want to uh, to implement and and try to uh, bring forward, if not not at the scale 
scale that you're doing it, but uh, certainly at a at, at some sort of scale, because I do think, as you say, that communication can never uh, can never lead you in the wrong way. Exactly, and I think uh, you know it's working right now. We could always get better at it, but uh, you know I think right now it's helping us increase the uh, the information that's out there, and uh, I appreciate you having me on. Thanks very much to VJ. As I said, he does a, a wonderful job there. I said in the interview, uh, uh, they do a wonderful job hosting the girls lacrosse championships for us every year. It's a wonderful site uh, there at Jonathan Law, and uh, really enjoy it and think he's doing a, an interesting job and an interesting uh, program that he's kind of implemented there with sort of the the sharing of information and kind of giving folks maybe some background information uh, that they wouldn't have and, and maybe help uh, improve the high school experience for his parents and uh, and fans a little bit and uh, by, by sharing that kind of uh, information that maybe they wouldn't have had previously. So hope that's something that maybe uh, other schools will uh, will take a look at and, and think that they might want to implement at, uh, at their program. So thankful to VJ for joining us. Thank you. Uh, very grateful to Bryant Carpenter as well from the Meriden Record Journal. Does a wonderful job. Great story from him on John Fontana. And uh, thank you all for listening. That's going to do it for this edition of the CIAC cast. I am Joel Cookson. Thanks for joining us. As always, CIACsports.com and tournamentcentral.ciacsports.com. Want to check out uh, all the great information. Lots of good things coming up. Uh, tournaments are, are ramping up, as I mentioned. The, uh, the State Open Cross Country Championships tomorrow uh, November 1st. Going to be an exciting day there at Wickham Park in Manchester. And then the pairings coming out uh, very shortly after that. So it's uh, it's all happening as we uh, as we say. And uh, you're going to want to keep tabs on it all. You can also keep tabs on it by, uh, via our social media feeds at CIC Sports on Instagram at CIC Sports on Twitter Facebook.com slash CIC Sports and uh, again YouTube youtube.com and then look for cas-ciac is our uh, our youtube channel there subscribe and uh, you won't uh, you won't miss out on any of our wonderful videos i believe there will be a video recap of the uh, cross country state open uh, coming uh, very shortly after things wrap up uh, at Wickham Park tomorrow. So check that out. And uh, thank you again for listening. Be sure to subscribe to the CIAC cast. Again, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Google Play. We'd love it if you subscribe. We love it when you listen, but we'd love it if you subscribe as well. So we hopefully will be back soon. Uh, but we thank you very much for listening to uh, this edition. Hope you'll be back for the next edition of the CIAC cast.